Hello and welcome to episode four of the Wire and Electronics podcast, where we discuss what's happening in your industry. I'm your host, Jalen Barnes. Today's discussion is sustainability in digital buildings. To sort of frame the discussion, what I want to do is uh, bring up an article that I read in Huffington Post uh, recently. It's actually back from 2016, but it was a study done in South Korea, and I believe it was done with about 54 or so students. And they had two classrooms. One was the control, and it just had, you know, fluorescent light bulbs. And the other classroom had three different, well, it had tunable lighting. So they could change the color temperature of the lights. And so what they did was they tested, they had the children testing in the classroom. And as they were taking the test, they did three different settings. Um, and I'm assuming they did it three different scenarios. Uh, at different, three different times, but they did different settings with the lighting. They had a neutral setting, they had a warmer color temperature, I guess more like red orange, and then they had a bluish white color temperature. And then they will look back at the, look back at the results of the testing to see how they did. And the students performed better under a different uh, color temperature. I believe it was the bluish white is one that, uh, that, that, that was the better color temperature for testing. And then they found there was another color temperature that worked good for recess activities. So that kind of impact, um, and, and I, so I bring that up to say that this is going to kind of sort of frame the discussion as we get into sustainability. Um, and when you hear sustainability, you immediately think, you know, impact on the environment. But as we get into this uh, discussion with Annie uh, from Superior Essex, you're going to find out that Superior Essex's view on sustainability is a lot more than just environment. I said it's important, but it's, it's a lot more than that. And you're going to see how it affects profit, and how it affects people. Um, and I give you an example of that here of this study in South Korea, South Korea, how that can affect people in a social aspect. And as we get into digital buildings, um, we're going to talk a lot about POE, which is something we all understand. And we're going to see how, with the power of power of Ethernet, just how much we can control and how much we can do, like what we saw in the study in South Korea. And um, it's cool, but it also can save money. It also has benefits of return on investment. It also can make you stand out from the competition when you're bidding a project. There's a whole lot it can do for you, and it's more than we think. And so uh, I'm excited to get into this discussion. Without further ado, let's get started. It's my pleasure to introduce today's guest, Annie Bevan, Sustainability Manager at Superior Essex International. Hey, Annie. Hi, how are you? Doing all right. I'm so glad to have you on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. So a little backstory. Ever since I started this podcast, this is one of the number one topics that I want to talk about. Well, I'm glad I could be here today. <laughs> so, <laughs> awesome. This, yeah, this should be exciting. So, um, let's start with. Well, let me, let me ask you, ask you this, so that everybody can get an idea of where we're going. Mm -hmm. What exactly do you do at Superior Essex? Yeah, great. And obviously, sustainability is pretty over encompassing, but mm -hmm. that is ultimately my job. So, Superior Essex is one of the largest communications cable manufacturers in the world. And uh, they have really taken a stance that sustainability is a priority to them because they see it as a priority to all of our customers. Um, so my job actually is to encompass uh, sustainability messaging into the core culture of, of, of Superior Essex and then also work with our customers to see how our products that offer sustainable offerings in both um, materials and also energy savings can affect uh, them as well and, and, and what they're doing. So mm -hmm. sustainability. In a nutshell, and, and correct me if there's more to add to it, and I'm just saying it's kind of lead the answer. We're talking about sustainability. We're talking about the impact on the environment, right? We are actually talking about a little bit more than that. Okay. Um, so when I said people, planet, profit, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. the triple bottom line. Um, so we are actually looking at not only how does 
our products, our operations, our use of our products impacts the environment, but we're also looking at the social impacts. Mm -hmm. what, is, what is the impact on human health? Mm -hmm. And then also, there's an economic play. I mean, we're all in business. Yes. <laughs> we want to see it be beneficial to our customers through cost mm -hmm. savings as a part of this digital building platform. And then also, mm -hmm. in terms of us, I think we're looking at this as a, as a competitive advantage as well. So, um, and, and there's also a business risk reduction at, that, that goes into play for, for business economics yeah. too. So this is not just environment. This is, this is all encompassing sustainability. You know, that's interesting because I believe it's becoming more and more part important and um, to, to look at those three things because from a social aspect and from an environment aspect, you know, that's something that's become more important. But I think the belief has been that you have to sacrifice that third aspect, which is profit. But, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, sustainability has gotten a bad name and mm -hmm. I'd I don't earn Bir Birkenstocks. I mm -hmm. used to, but mm -hmm. the, you, you picture this person tree hugging, wearing Birkenstocks, yeah. <laughs> right? That's a sustainability uh -huh. director, manager. And mm -hmm. my, my entire life goal is to prove the business value of sustainability because I truly believe it's there. So gotcha. you don't have to sacrifice economics. And, and I think that um, we're, we're starting to prove that. As that's well. good. And <laughs> so, I'm glad that that's, that's, that's going to be a big thrust of this conversation because if we're going to talk about this, what I want you know, my contractors and end users who listen to this podcast understand is that not only something that's important to do, but it's also going to have beneficial uh, aspects to what you do. Yep. And um, so we're, we're going to get further into that. But uh, there's one key word you brought out that I think we do need to define before we go any further. And that was lead. And that's spelled L-E-E-D. Can you give me a little bit of background on what that is? Sure. LEAD stands for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. Mm -hmm. It is the largest green building standard globally out there. 200,000 square feet a day are built to the LEAD rating system. Mm -hmm. They created the global green building market in 2002, ultimately. Mm -hmm. We are now on uh, LEAD version 4, um, which is the, the current ruling rating system that's out there that... Um, it lead is basically made up of seven different categories ranging from energy and atmosphere to materials and resources to sustainable sites. Mm -hmm. uh, th those are the types of categories. Um, and then ultimately the way a building, it's a certification for a building. So it's a third party certification for mm -hmm. a building that's then certifies that that building is green. If they meet a certain uh, amount of criteria to get a certain amount of points. Okay. So to be a certified building, you have to have 40 points. Mm -hmm. um, to have a platinum certified building, uh, you have to have 80 points. Mm -hmm. You have to do more to get to be more green. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it goes all the way, it goes certified, silver, gold, platinum. Platinum's the highest level that you can achieve and lead. Gotcha. So what, so why, why would someone want to achieve those different, um, those different levels? What is the benefit to that? So obviously, the more you do, uh, there could be greater return on investment. So in terms of energy, the more the building energy that is saved or the more the building generates, mm -hmm. um, there's a higher return on investment. Mm -hmm. um, with sustainable materials, again, huge focus on occupant well-being. There's proof that there are lower asthma rates in mm -hmm. green buildings. Uh, there's higher productivity. People actually want to stay in the building. And I can mm -hmm. tell you, companies and businesses are spending a ton of money trying to retain millennial talent. These days. Uh, okay, yeah. And yeah. I think it, uh, and, and they are attracted by this, this sustainability. And if they have a well-certified space or a lead certified space, um, it, it, it definitely highlights that this building has taken into consideration what is not only the environmental impact of the building, mm -hmm. but also what is the impact on human health. Gotcha. 
So tell me, how much, how big is lead right now as far as people that are looking for this, who are wanting and asking for the contractors who come on board to make their building be certified? So get this question a lot. What's the value of green mm -hmm. building, right? Mm -hmm. So I actually have a, a PowerPoint slide that I generally do on this. So I, I, I took a McGraw-Hill study that was mm -hmm. done in 2013, the green building global market was about a $230 billion market. Wow. Um, in 2023, it is projected to be a $980 billion market, nearly a trillion dollars globally wow. in green building. Um, so that's estimated, obviously, but the trends are trending that it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be uh, optional. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's trending towards uh, required. Now, Green building, I think when you take a look at it, all building globally, it's about 10 to 20%, I'd say. Mm -hmm. But I mean, a, a trillion dollars is, is still a wow. trillion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> really? I, you know, so talk, that's the business case if, you, if you're looking the size of, of where the green global building market's going to okay. be. Yeah, and I wanted to, and I, I, knew, I didn't know the exact stats, but I knew it was some ridiculous number like that because I think it's underestimated right now. Yes. And, um, and I wanted to get that out there because I want any contractors listening to know you need to be involved in this. You need to find out. And I'll be honest, when you first look at these words, lead and, and, and sustainability and digital building, the words seem intimidating and they almost seem too futuristic, especially when you get into digital buildings. Mm -hmm. But um, something that I've begun to realize after doing research is this isn't the future. This is now. That is the whole point here. It does sound almost like the Jetsons, like... Mm -hmm you know, far out, you know, not something that we would think about or consider right now that we can have a computer. Also, it's almost like a computerized building now. Mm -hmm. It's even going to, what, what's a whole city look like in terms of controls? Yeah. What's the productivity of a smart mm -hmm. city? Right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, hospitals, schools, commercial office buildings, uh, hospitality. So, uh, the Marriott Hotel of the Future in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas has implemented mm -hmm. this, this system, the digital building system. So we're, Spear Essex creates the power over Ethernet cable that, that powers and provides data to the end device. Mm -hmm. um, we're in partnership with Cisco. Uh, the Marriott Hotel of the Future has implemented this. Not only have they seen significant energy savings, but think about instead of in your Marriott app, you're, you're not just picking you need a cot or an extra pillow. Mm -hmm. You're programming that space to meet exactly what you want in a home away from home. And I think that in terms of a business case for a building that's designing on that, mm -hmm. people are going to want to stay in that room over any other hotel room. I can I almost guarantee yeah. that, right? <laughs> so you can control the shower temperature, mm -hmm. shower head temperature, turn on the TV via an iPad, or as soon as you walk in, there's a big game on, you're running late. Mm -hmm. ESPN's already on when you when you come in. The shades mm -hmm. are down. You can wake up to the coffee pot because it's mm -hmm. all POE powered. So it's it's uh you know it's reinventing what is our interaction in a space. It's not just static. It's 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 much more interactive. Well, once a contractor can wrap their mind around that, and, and you mentioned POE, and that's the big word because we all know what POE is. Mm -hmm. But we're discovering just how much we can get done with POE. Right. So before we even go any further than that, let's define the word. When you say digital building, what does mm -hmm. that mean? Ooh, great question. And also sustainability expert, not a cable expert. So I do yeah. just want to throw that out yeah, there no problem. Yeah. in terms of, of, of this conversation. Mm -hmm. But um, the digital building is to me a connected environment where the, the space has 
controls and sensors and automation set up mm -hmm. um, through, through power over ethernet cabling. So there are end devices like lighting, elevators, mm -hmm. air valve controls, all of these end devices are controlled through a cable, the Vision 27 cable, that provides both power and data to the end device. Mm -hmm. That is ultimately controlled by a switch and Cisco makes some of those switches. Yep. And uh, it's a completely DC, DC controlled system, DC powered system. So uh, it is not AC powered. So there's, mm -hmm. there is also then um, a lack of conversion that needs to be done. And, and there's a whole other yeah. discussion point there. But ultimately that is what a digital building is to me. I, yeah. I hope that is clear enough. No, that, that's fine. But yeah. so we already talked about an example of, and then that Marriott hotel you mentioned, is that mm -hmm. something that's being built or is already built? It is going to be finalized at the end of this year and where mm -hmm. guests can actually stay in it at the end of this year. That is awesome. That yeah. is awesome. Well, yeah. let's, let, let's, get, let's get further into examples. Uh, so this mm -hmm. moment we can have some fun. If you, mm -hmm. if you have any off the top of your head, or if you can, provide me with any that I can put in as links in the comments here. Yeah. But, but as far as digital buildings or studies where we've seen this thing in action, where we, mm -hmm. where we control things, what do you know of? What, what do we yeah. have? So Marriott Hotel of the Future is a great example, but there's also the West Baden Hotel in mm -hmm. Indiana. Mm -hmm. So this is a historic hotel that has a very um, uh, uh, prominent dome um, which is the entranceway into the hotel. And that mm -hmm. dome is also lighted. Um, and, and they actually were, uh, they recently switched in 2016 to mm -hmm. a uh, PoE uh, powered uh, LED, PoE LED system mm -hmm. in the dome. When they switched, when they made the switch overnight, they saved in one, like as soon as they made the switch, 98% energy savings associated with that. Huh. So, wow. and, and also let alone via iPad, then they can control the color of the lights, the lighting quality, all of these things just from below. It, the manager has a much more controllability than going to all these switches and having to manually control things as well. So mm -hmm. um, they certainly benefited. They can put on light shows now at, the, at this hotel mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And um, it's certainly, it, in terms of energy savings and then cost savings, return on investment, they, they've already they've already yeah. found it. So that's yeah, yeah, that's really another great case. case and I like I, yeah, I like seeing things that are in action. We can say this is what's happening. These are the stats on it. It's actually working. I mean, yeah. I've heard stories about uh, cases where you know there's a there may be a school and after hours something breaks down, something goes on, but it needs to be fixed right then. So the guy working in facilities has to come in, but whoever's watching this on security cameras can just highlight or turn on and activate only the lights that are pointing him where he needs to go. So all the other lights are off and the lights on the ceiling basically make a little pathway that he can follow and it just directs him exactly where he needs to go. Yep. And it's just, I mean, like I said, once again, cool, but also very useful. It, so I could give another example. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's a, a system uh, as a part of the digital building system that actually can sense body heat through the sensors. Oh, wow. So say there's a janitor working at night and the system can actually sense if the, that, that person has fallen down and is laying in a stationary spot for an extended period of time really? and indicating that per perhaps he's having a heart attack wow. or, or is ill mm -hmm. and can call the local authorities to come help him. If it, it, just it's security system, it's safety systems, a lot of risk mitigation overall for organizations too, mm. uh, in, in, and also in high security areas. 
Um, there's another system coming into play. I, again, there's, there's so much that can be done with this. Uh, yeah. Schools, unfortunately, and, and, and very sadly, we've seen time and time again uh, here, uh, school shootings. Yeah. Uh, there is now a, a, a system in place here that actually can detect a gunfire, and mm -hmm. it would then turn in that specific hallway red and okay. then lock automatically lock doors and, and windows and things like that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, ultimately uh, automatically affect lockdown yeah. Um, yeah. in these situations. And, uh, and, and, and obviously, unfortunately, that seems to be what we, we may need to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. that, and, and, and all that is, it's awesome. And what, and I, and I want to tackle this now because now here's the, here's the other caveat that's going to come up in people's minds. They're going to think, yeah, all that sounds cool, but it sounds expensive. Does. You know, and what <laughs> happens is from a contractor's perspective, mm -hmm. what, what's going to happen is they're going to go to a client and they're not going to bring this stuff up. because They're thinking this is going to run up the price. This is going mm -hmm. to be an issue or anything like that. But what I want to explain to a contractor and mm -hmm. I was having a conversation actually with the uh, um, with my president of North Choir, uh mm -hmm. talking about this upcoming podcast and everything. And what's the, this is what's going to happen. Right. And this is just a very small way of looking at it. But. At some point, if you're a contractor, no matter what size you are, there's going to be a lead project that's going to land on your block, mm -hmm. put it in layman's terms. And, yep. and what's going to happen is you, you're going to be able to have an advantage over your competition by being ready for it. Yep. You're going to make more money. So, and I, we, we got to make it just as you know, clear cut as that, because it always comes back to the dollars, it always comes back to the profit. But this is where the profit is, because this is becoming... Annie already shared the stats of how much this is growing, how much money is already in this. So this is happening. And if it hasn't happened around you yet, or you haven't been exposed to it yet, that's a very limited amount of time. So don't think that because you haven't come across it that, you know, hey, it must not be that important. No, it's coming and it's going to come for you fast and you're going to want to be ready for it because otherwise you're going to be boxed out and missing out on some amazing opportunities. Well, well Jalen, I think every contractor in their back pocket should be educated on lead well living building challenge because yes. if I were a business development professional mm -hmm. as a contractor, I would want to be super educated on this topic because I know mm -hmm. there's a trillion dollar market in play. Exactly. <laughs> right. So mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, if, if people need to be educated, I'm a resource. I'm happy to, to answer questions for, mm -hmm. for any contractor that might be listening to this podcast um, and help them get up to speed so they can actually bring this messaging to their customers. And then I think you're kind of starting to dance around it, mm -hmm. but they're, they're, you know, what the great thing about this is when I started talking about this, mm -hmm. I was like, I was talking to Superior Essex guys who sell this. I'm like, there, mm -hmm. there's a catch. What, what's the catch? This can't be the mm -hmm. total win-win. Yeah, yeah. The great thing is, is that it, it actually can be for new buildings and deep retrofits. Mm -hmm. We have a Cisco developed a total cost of ownership calculator mm -hmm. that actually estimates total uh, capital expense costs yeah. and total operational expense costs and compares that P POE centralized versus decentralized mm -hmm. versus ACLED, which is the typical system mm -hmm. that's, that's installed these days mm -hmm. and compares costs, yeah. the total square foot costs. And I can tell you that the POE decentral, sorry, the POE centralized system uh, is about 14% savings year over year in terms of costs um, as compared to an ACLED system. That and is I, what we found across our, our case studies of already implemented pro projects. And I believe it. I, I, believe, I don't even hesitate to believe that for a second. And the reason why is because in contractors, I was talking to my security guys for a second here. Um, you know this to be true. When you're trying to install, and this is like a totally different topic, but security cameras 
and equipment. You have the you have the discussion between analog and IP. And you know when you're dealing with the end user who you know wants to install, they may want to go analog because it seems to be cheaper right off the bat because mm -hmm. you know the IP cameras cost a little more. But we already know straight off the bat that it's going to save them money in the long run. So right. the same way we can have that discussion and we can make that clear and be knowledgeable about it. It's it's different, but it's the same general principle here. And that's if you know how to communicate that when you're dealing with analog and IP cameras, then you can learn how to communicate that with who you're working with when it comes to lead and, and sustainability in digital buildings. Um, right. Yeah. So what that contractor, what your you know, what any contractor who would be listening to this could do is actually then go to, if they had this TCO calculator, they could mm -hmm. actually play with it a little bit and then go to that customer and say, hey guys, here's what we're estimating for this system. Here's then also this amazing functionality you get with this system, which yeah. I, I think is a mm -hmm. huge opportunity to gain clients trust and, and help them as well, which is- and it, and it establishes you, it makes you look good as a contractor. Yeah. It establishes you as an expert, because what's gonna happen is, if they are, if they got some other people on the hook and they're, you know, they're comparing everybody, they're going to go back to the other guy and say, so tell me about this. Now they may not even be thinking about the cost savings and the ability to, you know, look at POE and digital building versus what they were originally looking at doing. And they're going to go to the other guy and bring that up. And the other guy who doesn't know anything about this is going to be lost words. He's not going to have an answer for him. But you have the answer. You have the options. So you want to present the options. You want to be the guy or the, or the woman that knows everything. You know what I'm saying? You want to be the one that is the professional, that's the expert. And that's how you build relationships, honestly. It is. I mean, you could still propose the way we've always done it. Mm -hmm. And you could also propose, here's what's happening now and what's yeah. ultimately going to be future-proofing your building Exactly. Uh, with this system. Mm -hmm. so. so like I said, you know, this is not coming. This isn't futuristic. It is cutting edge. It is leading edge, but it's here now. We're already right. in it. So if you if you don't know about it, it's time to catch up. And you already answered one of my questions, Annie. I was going to ask, you know, what should they do if they want more info, if they want to be educated, if they want to learn more? And uh, you gave the answer. I was hoping you would give that, you know, they can get in contact. Please, yes. And uh, I have a great team uh, with me at Superior Essex here. We're obviously uh, heavily involved nationally with this message. And if, you know, specifically in, in your area in Norfolk, we, we have a great team that could get in touch, do a lunch and learn, or just do a WebEx to go over a little bit more details with the digital building. And then also go through what is lead well living building challenge and why should you even remotely care? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. What does that even mean? So mm -hmm. we're, we're happy to give those presentations. So yes, I'm going to have uh, Annie's contact information in this uh, podcast here and on the LinkedIn uh, showcase page. Um, so just check the description, you'll get that information. And if you want to set up, if you're in the area, you want to set up, you know, a lunch and learn, set up some kind of seminar of any sort, some kind of teaching, you know, get with me and Annie and we'll, we'll set that up and we'll make it happen here and we'll require for you, free of charge to you um, because this is important. And, you know, the more you know, it's better for everybody. It helps all of us. Thank you so much, Annie, for being on today. I really do appreciate it. Jalen, thank you very much for having me. I look forward to participate again, hopefully, and looking forward to chatting with a bunch of people on this topic. Uh, for the years to come. So yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. I encourage you to share it. The more listeners I have, the more suggestions I can receive to cover relevant topics. As I said before, I've included links to the information on the technology Annie and I discussed today in the description of this podcast. If you have questions about these products or about the discussion in general, contact either Annie or myself. Our contact information will also be in the description. I'm also excited to announce that the podcast is a new showcase page on LinkedIn. 
That link is also below. Please check it out and follow the page. You'll stay up to date on new developments. And I'll be sharing interesting articles and products I discover in my research. You can also subscribe to my mailing list so you can be alerted every time there's a new podcast available. Just email me at the uh, email listed in the description. That's jalen.barnes.com. And I'll add you to the list. I will close out today's podcast with an inspirational quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. Remember, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Thank you so much again for listening. Give me your feedback. Be blessed. And I'll be back next week to tell you more about what's happening in your industry. Thank you.